Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, including Spotify, Google, Apple, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, being as it is around the midpoint of the season, if not a little bit past it, we are going to do a special episode since the Jets haven't really had any games since uh, their loss to the Bruins. They're off uh, until Sunday against the Nashville Predators, so in the meantime, I thought it'd be kind of fun to take a look at this half-season thus far and assign some player awards. These are not the same kind of trophies that you might see um, from the rest of the league. I tend to find that those uh, Players Associations awards are all kind of political and a little bit boring, so I thought I'd make up a few categories of my own. Now, granted, some of these awards will be, you know, semi-serious or actually legitimate, you know, votes in, the, in this situation, like Team MVP, Most Improved, you kind of get the idea, usual categories that you might see for some awards, but with a little bit of creativity added in for some more fun ones. So I think, you know, in speaking of MVPs, I think that the only one that I can really think of is going to have to be Connor Hellebuck. I know that we've talked at length about Connor Hellebuck's stellar performance in net, but I think that this season really underlines just how valuable he's been to the team. Winnipeg is currently sitting in fourth in the Central Division with a 24-17-4 record. Now, if you've seen Sean Tierney, which is at Charting Hockey on Twitter, if you've seen some of his statistical work, you'll see that the Jets have actually been on something of an expected goal roller coaster way downhill for the past couple of weeks. Winnipeg has increasingly played a more defensive style of hockey, and it's putting a lot more stress on the Jets' forwards and defenders to try and limit chances against. As a result, Connor Hellebuck's workload this season has been something pretty extraordinary. He's definitely the busiest goalie in the entire NHL, and he's made a ton of saves. He's definitely also won a ton of games for the Jets, essentially backstopping them all the way to a playoff spot. It's no surprise that he's right now the Vezina frontrunner, No one else in the NHL is really putting up the kind of performances that Hellebuck is as consistently as he's done so far. Without Hellebuck, I just don't know where the Jets would be. I mean, Winnipeg right now doesn't really have more than one goaltender that they can rely on. Laurent Persois, after posting really good numbers last season, appears to be kind of back to pumpkin mode. So the Jets are right now down to one guy basically carrying a lot of the load for this team. Um, While Winnipeg scorers are very talented... Um, I've had this debate with some other Jets fans, and I just I, I kind of worry that the Jets are running out of time as far as their ability to, to play this style that they are and continue to get results. Um, I've, you know, over the course of a season, the statistical trend may not catch you. You might be playing really poorly and still get pretty far because um, the season is a, is a you know 82 games, but it's not the world's largest sample size, and some statistical aberrations can occur for longer than you might expect. Also, if Hellebuck continues playing at the Vezina level that he's played for most of the season thus far, um, you know, the Jets might have a chance of of pulling this off. I don't know that they will, and I do think that the lack of offensive scoring and production is kind of an issue. Winnipeg really hasn't gotten a whole lot of contributions from its bottom six, and the top six has issues driving play. So, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of seeing this team... There's no other contender for an MVP. You know, you could maybe argue Nick Ehlers, but I think at the end of the day, it's all down to Connor Hellebuck. I think for how many points he's accrued for this team and how many times he's bailed the Jets out, he has to have that that midseason honor. And if he doesn't have it by the end of the season, I'd be shocked because I don't think anyone else is going to have his net total impact. 
On the list of most improved players, I think the most easiest decision I could make is is Neil Pionk. And this is no disrespect to Patrick Liney. I'm going to use him for a different award. But Neil Pionk, considering where he started from the New York Rangers and where he's come as a Winnipeg Jet, it's it's like night and day. It's a totally different player. You have a guy who basically never focused on zone entry denials, never won wall battles, really didn't intercept passing lanes particularly well, and only had one value in the offensive zone, turning into a, a fairly three-dimensional defenseman for the Jets in a second-pairing role, and mostly succeeding at it. Pionk obviously still has issues with things like defensive zone reads and improvisation where, you know, one of his line mates or something does something stupid and he doesn't have the reaction speed to, to make the right decision. He also straight up looks awkward along the walls when he sort of throws himself into his checks and kind of fumbles around even though, you know, the puck may end up being turned over. Pionk's positioning and stuff is a little bit loose in Helder Skelter. That said, he's worlds away from where he used to be, and he looks like a bonafide second pairing maybe four or five defensemen on a great team. There's certainly no question that he's providing quite a bit of power play and offensive value, even though he does have some issues in the power play too. I think his shooting ability and uh, his skating have gotten him into decent positions, and naturally he's kind of benefiting from having some of the best shooters in the league on his flanks, but Pionk is still creating enough for himself. Um, I think he's a pretty decent player. I think I think it'd be a lot to expect his current scoring rate, which is pretty ridiculous in part because of the power play scoring. I don't think it's going to continue all that much in the future, but it also could because the Jets can kind of inflate his numbers with power play um, production and time on the ice. You know, if he keeps, if he starts figuring out a way to better utilize Patrick Line, and that's mostly just getting the pass faster to Line, and you know, if the other guys in the power play unit continue to, uh, to score off of his assists, I think, you know, Peon could easily hit 40 or 50 points as a defenseman, which in this day and age is pretty decent for a guy who Winnipeg kind of got as sort of an afterthought in the Jacob Trouba trade. You know, Winnipeg ended up picking up a first rounder, which was formerly their own first rounder that they ended up getting returned to them, and they got Vili Heinola, and he he looks like a bonafide top-pairing future defenseman whenever he comes back. I had pretty low expectations for Pionk just because he was such a raw prospect uh, with the Rangers and really hadn't played all that much, generally speaking, it was kind of hard to get a sense of what he could be for the Jets. I'm very happy that he's continually proven us wrong, and he, you know, day by day continues to work on the little details. He's still very rough around the edges, and there are things that he just can't do, and probably never will. But I would say that, on the whole, I'm pretty satisfied with him. I think that he's done a great job. I think he's put on a lot of hard work to, to round out his game and become a more fully fleshed-out defenseman. I think that the Jets made a smart gamble in, in hindsight. I think that they knew something about Pionk that maybe we weren't seeing. And I also just think that that kind of comes down to Pionk's own motivation to improve and, and sort of round out his game on his own. I'm sure Maurice and the coaching staff have spent a lot of time working on him because they probably did see the same things that we all saw when he was with the Rangers. But, I mean, it's pretty easy to say that he is my most improved player, especially considering where he started from. Next up on our awards list is going to be a less serious one, and I think this one is the award for most likely to be the new Matt Hendricks award, and I think that we all know the answer to this is Anthony Botetto. The defenseman is probably not the best defenseman among the guys that the Jets could choose, but everyone seems to love Botetto. I think the room really loves him, and every time he gives an interview, he's always funny. As far as guys who don't really seem to have an issue making jokes and keeping the mood lighthearted, Potato is there. He's also better than Sabisa in some areas, so um, I kind of have a softer spot for him. Like, he, he definitely shouldn't be 
a long-term fixture for the Jets blue line, that's for sure. But as a guy, he seems like a pretty decent dude. And I've heard a lot of stories about him being a great community guy and, and trying to help out folks when he can. So, you know, as far as seventh defensemen go, like I can live with Potato. Um, he has been slightly better than I expected. I mean, I, I thought he was kind of going to be like another Neil Pionk situation where uh, he probably wouldn't crack an NHL roster under most circumstances, but he's been above AHL level, so that's probably, at this point, all I can ask for. He definitely doesn't have the foot speed to be um, a long-term third-pairing guy for the Jets, but if he comes on in relief duty every once in a while for like a as like a 7th D press box role, I think that that's the ideal situation for him. Our next award is going to be split between two players, uh, and this one is a, an internal debate I've had, and I, I do have a winner in mind. But it's between Ehlers and Line, and it is who is most likely to win at FIFA. And I think, in my opinion, it's going to be Line. This year's FIFA, even though it's a game that I low-key kind of hate, is a very methodical, slow-paced, um, kind of tactically-minded game that requires a lot of patience, uh, a lot of careful planning and, and slow play and passing, um, and the vision to sort of predict plays well in advance of when you actually make the play because of just how slow the game can be. Um, and I think between Ehlers and Line, Line has that kind of thinking and the slower approach, more methodical, more tactical. And I think that this year's FIFA, if he had to play against somebody like Ehlers, he'd come out on top. We already know that he's like a Fortnite world champion, right? But do we know that Line is actually great at FIFA? I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, if it's between him and Nick, I, I have to give Patrick the benefit of the doubt here. He's already got an amazing shot. He's a very smart hockey player who demonstrates incredible vision on the ice. Why couldn't he do that on the virtual pitch? On the subject of uh, most likely to be a Fortnite pro gamer, I think we all know that the answer is also going to be Patrick Liney because if he caught out the Canucks for playing it, I'm pretty sure that he is also going to be a pro streamer at one point. All I'll say is I would not bet myself against Patrick Liney in a 1v1 match of Fortnite. I'm sure that he's probably played a lot of the other players from Vancouver and beyond, but... You know, he didn't get to be the finished sniper for no reason. Man has skills, whether it's on the virtual battlefield or on the ice, have to say. Alright, for our next award, this is kind of going to be a, a bit of a hard one, but I think I have to choose most underrated uh, skater or, def you know, forward or defenseman this year. And I think I'll have to go with Andrew Kopp, who has, you know, anytime he's been healthy and when he's been on the ice, he's been a positive influence. Yeah, He did concede kind of a silly goal the other night, but... Uh, you know, Andrew Kopp continues to be a two-way transitional skilled skater who can grind out a, a really hard forecheck. Um, he's got great passing, great vision. He's got a nice shot. He brings a touch of finesse to a role where he's kind of in the middle or bottom six. And he can, you know, drive play either in the top six or the bottom six equally well. Um, actually, he's been placed on the second line recently just because I think Wheeler kind of needed that extra push and a little bit more help because Roslovic hasn't been carrying the load. Um, so Andrew Kopp kind of gets that. You could also make an argument that Adam Lowry does deserve it. Lowry's been very effective as a rather physical forechecking presence, but I think Andrew Kopp allows him to do a lot of that stuff. Kopp is kind of, I would say, the the straw that stirs the drink, and he, you know, on his, as soon as he came back, he made an immediate impact and was a difference maker in a couple of Winnipeg's games. I still have, you know, a shred of hope that he ends up being a second-line player one day for the Jets, but I know that that's probably not likely, and I think it is most suited to, like, a third-line role or something. 
Um, but he also may not want to stick around Winnipeg just because the whole contract situation over the offseason might have soured his perspective if, if things haven't improved. So overall, you know, Cop, really underrated, very underappreciated, very good. Used to be like Matthew Perot would win this award, but Perot ever since his injury just hasn't been the same. And I feel like he's not really playing his pivotal role for the Jets, so Andrew Cop for me is going to take that one. Our award for best waiver claim is going to go to none other than Nick Shore, who is one of the only players that Winnipeg has claimed thus far. Uh, they did claim Luca Sabisa, but, you know, I'm not obviously not super fond of Sabisa's level of play. Luca kind of has a, a taste for turnovers and not of the particularly sweet variety. So for me, Nick Shore obviously slots in as the, the clear favorite here. And Shore is kind of like this ideal fourth line center. Um, He's a good four-checker. He's a very smart player, and that's something that I think stands out because he doesn't really have exceptional edge work or, like, the world's best passing or an amazing release. He's just a positionally smart player, so he puts himself in spots to be um, advantageous. He likes to kind of, you know, get in on the play. He likes to um, set up and and, and create some build-up opportunities leading to scoring chances. He always seems to know where the play is going to track towards, so he kind of gets himself... Um, into a position where he can make a difference and an impact. And I think on this fourth line, it's immediately apparent that he can, you know, make Gabriel Bork and, and Logan Shaw look serviceable. He's even set some of those guys up for, for pretty good scoring opportunities. And so, like, I, I think Shore, for me, is, given where Winnipeg is on its roster depth, like the ideal claim that they could have made. Usually I hate their waiver claims because their pro scouting for me is kind of mediocre, but Nick Shore is a rare exception to that. Truth be told, he didn't even have to be all that good to really earn, earn this award just because the other waiver claims that Winnipeg has made aren't really all that impressive, but Shore has earned his keep as Winnipeg's fourth-line center, so I'm very happy. I, I hope that he kind of continues his pretty decent performance. I don't know if he'll stick around beyond this season, but if he does, it'd be nice to have him as a depth option. I think he's a pretty skilled player, and he does his job pretty well, and Winnipeg can always use somebody who can be a, uh, an effective PK or two. So our, our next award is going to be Newcomer of the Year, and in this case, I think for my criteria, I'd like to have guys who are on the younger side and who are kind of more on the prospect end of things. And I think for, for me, even though he only played a handful of games, easy answer is going to be Vili Heinola. I think Heinola, in, in just a few games, showcased why he immediately has top four potential for the Jets. Um, he's already been a special prospect everywhere he's gone and his scoring rates in the Finnish Liga were kind of amazing, right? But Heinola, even in a small NHL sample size of just under 10 games, proved that he is probably ready for this level. There were a couple of games where he was a little more overwhelmed than some of the other matches that he played, but um, he's confident on on the puck, he makes really smart passes, he has an underrated offensive side to his game, and he looks like he could quarterback a power play decently well. Heinola is very intelligent, he's probably... I guess, Toby Enstrom's successor. So, you know, as far as prospects making the jump to the NHL, Heinola, especially doing it right after we just drafted him, I think is especially impressive. He looks like a a stud prospect. He's going to be here next year, if not sooner. So I am thrilled to see him make this team. I mean, the Jets, it's no question that they need him on their back end. Winnipeg's defense right now is something of a train wreck. And Heinola, you know, immediately becomes either their first or second best defenseman, pending how Josh Morris he does, um, whatever, whatever he's dealing with is, I guess, his recovery, because I think he's injured. 
but you know, Heinola even getting close to that level of performance is already amazing enough. If he somehow meets or exceeds it, that's just incredible. That's an awesome result, and the Jets should be proud. Up next, I think uh, most likely to be an underwear model is going to have to go to Mark Shifley. Uh, as we all heard, Kevin Sawyer said something about that, and ever since then, it's just kind of become the running meme. So Mark Shifley, don't know if Calvin Klein or Haynes has called you yet, but if you ever stop, you know, get bored of playing hockey and want to do something different, you might as well take that photogenic mug and go do some underwear modeling. Who knows why that even came up? But it did, and it's a thing now, so that's just going to be Shifley's new claim to fame. You know, you'd actually probably make decent money doing that. I'm sure that a lot of uh, models and shoots go pretty well, but, you know, just like the pro hockey players, they have to kind of keep their physical state and and stay in, in shape, so it's a pretty demanding job, I'd imagine. If Shifley can play hockey, he can probably do the whole modeling thing. All right, our next midseason award, most likely to become the bench boss after somebody gets fired, and that's going to be... Uh, I think Blake Wheeler. Wheeler kind of likes taking command of things, and he's always been um, one of the more active voices in the Jets' locker room. He kind of has like a very similar Paul Maurice expression sometimes. Uh, they kind of seem like very similar, very similar personality types. Although I think Maurice is a little more stern than Wheeler is. Blake, though, I could see doing like some kind of coaching gig one day. Um, let's just pretend that he's advanced like twenty years in the future. If somebody got fired in this current season, he'd probably be somebody that could be called upon to take over. Alright, our next midseason award is most likely to have gotten into three drunken bar fights in the past month, and I think that that's going to have to go to Adam Lowry, because let's be honest, Lowry's a bit of a uh, a bit of a fisticuffs kind of guy. He likes getting into it, grinding with the opposing forwards, he's not afraid to throw hands every now and then. He's a pretty chippy guy, and if you told me that some of the frustration of of uh, struggling on this team and, and things not going your way, I could see him kind of going on a night on the town and getting into some really crazy shenanigans. Everyone loves, you know, when pro athletes do that. And Lowry totally would drop pro- probably drop the gloves. I'm mostly kidding, though. He's too nice of a guy for that. But, you know, you always like to imagine that these guys have, like, crazy exciting off-season lives. Uh, Adam probably is a little more normal than <laughs> most people imagine him to be, but... Eh, it's always funny to think that he could be a a pro boxer in his off time. All right, our uh, our most coveted hair award is going to have to go to Sami Niku, and I think that this is a pretty obvious choice. Niku has like a flowing mane that I would be jealous of because I can only essentially cut my hair in like a buzz cut, you know, low low shave. Essentially, I don't really have anything beyond helmet hair when it gets gets thick and long. But Niku, man, every time you see him skate, his hair is. It kind of looks like those Scandinavian blonde models with long flowing hair um, that just kind of whips around like they don't care. Saminiku is like the definition of cool in a way that you probably wouldn't expect. And I think uh, not only does he skate well and not only does does his pace flow, but so does his hair. He's got amazing curls, man. Like that dude, I, I, want, I want what he's got on top of his head. Um, and also the fact that he's a really talented defenseman probably doesn't hurt. But we mostly like him for his locks. And now for the award that I uh, <laughs> really don't want to give out, but it's the thing that uh, the thing that has most driven me crazy is going to go to Winnipeg's PK, which I, I really don't like watching. Winnipeg's PK makes me a little bit batty. I mean, the Jets have a lot of issues and weaknesses, but I think few things are as, as rough as the penalty kill. And it's not like that's going to get better. So the Jets, that, that mid, you know, mid-season award is going to hold to them for the entire year, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, at least they're going to make things interesting with the attacking speed that they have. Well, if they ever stop trying to defend all the time, but, you know, that aside, we're going to try and enjoy the season for what it is. And hopefully by the end of it, they're going to get a, a nicer award that's called the Stanley Cup. Not hopeful, but I want to be pleasantly surprised. So surprise me, Winnipeg. Um, and with that, thank you all for listening. As always, have a great night and go Jets go.